Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We've seen Paul traveling throughout the Mediterranean world and most recently have been following him to the city of Ephesus. And in our last session, we saw Paul uh, talking to some disciples of John the Baptist and telling them about the coming of the Messiah, which uh, John the Baptist proclaimed through his ministry as one coming after him whose sandals he was unworthy to uh, untie. And so today, Paul is going to uh, have some impact throughout the city of Ephesus and really throughout the region of Asia Minor more broadly. And as a result of this uh, miraculous impact, others are going to see the the miracles that are being performed and think that they can uh, jump on board this miracle train and make use of the the name of Jesus and the name of Paul to do some of these things without actually having faith in Jesus for salvation. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 19 and verses 11 through 20. Let's read this section as we begin, and then we'll just briefly pray for our time together. Acts chapter 19 and verse 11, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, Many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices, and a number of those who had practiced magic arts burned their books together and, and, and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found that it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Our Father in heaven, as we examine this section together, we pray that your spirit would open our eyes to the truths that it presents, the realities that are within these words, and that 
Uh, he would apply it to our hearts and lives as well. We want to be those who uh, don't simply view Jesus and Christianity as a way for us to get what we want from it, but we want it to change our lives. We want the Lord Jesus to have authority over our lives. And so we pray toward that end in his great name. Amen. Now, God was doing extraordinary miracles, we read in verse 11, by the hands of Paul. These miracles we've seen at other times in the book of Acts. We saw one just last time. Uh, the miracle always verifies the message in Acts. I want to say that again. I think this is an important point to, to remember and take note of. The miracles that are performed always verify the message in the book of Acts. In other words, miracles have the distinctive purpose of being proofs of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If anyone was wondering whether or not the gospel preached was real, they had only to look at the signs that were being performed and see God's stamp of approval and the truthfulness of the sign. We read in verse 11 that even the, the handkerchiefs or aprons that touched Paul and were taken to the, the poor, served to heal the sick and drive demons out of those who were possessed. God was doing incredible things through Paul during this time as he's proclaiming the good news about Jesus and allowing miracles to be done in Jesus' name through the hand of Paul to verify the gospel of Jesus that Paul is proclaiming. I think this recalls uh, a little bit Matthew chapter 9 and verses 20 through 22, where there is a, a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, and her desire is to push through the crowd and just get close enough to Jesus, because in her mind, uh, if she can just reach out and touch his clothes, she'll be healed. She has such faith that he has power to heal people that, that she just wants to get close enough that she can touch uh, a corner of his garment. And so there's a connection here, I think, between Paul's ministry, what he's doing in the city of Ephesus, and what Jesus had done in his ministry. Now, some Jewish exorcists or those who would cast out demons who went from place to place, uh, presumably to help with Jewish difficulties related to the occult and demon possession, uh, which was uh, much more prevalent in the ancient world in that uh, it was much more broadly accepted. I don't want to give the impression that I don't think it's prevalent in the world in which we live today. I think it's very prevalent. I think there is still a great amount of demonic activity in the world around us, but it's not talked about in those terms uh, anymore. We in our modern society attempt to put scientific or rationalistic explanations on all of the phenomena that we see going on. Uh, in the ancient world, they called it what it really was. Uh, when someone had a demon, they could understand the signs and symptoms of that at times. And so there were these Jewish exorcists who went from place to place uh, seeking to cast out demons. And they tried to invoke the name of Jesus because they had heard 
uh, no doubt, about the great success that Paul was having in the city of Ephesus and the power uh, in the name of Jesus that was going forth and, and performing these miracles. They attempt to cast out demons by saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. We're not explicitly told if their motivation was pure in doing this or if they were doing this for their own gain, but it seems like they did these things from place to place, and so they were probably making some kind of a living off of it, um, and perhaps even abusing those privileges at times. Now, we're told that there are seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva who were doing this. They would travel around to these different areas, and their journeys had brought them all the way to the city of Ephesus. At Ephesus, when this happens, and they say to this man who has a demon, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims, the Spirit actually answers them back. And this is what the, the demon, speaking through this man, says to this group of seven sons. Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? Now, this is really incredible because an, an evil, angelic being admits to having knowledge of both Jesus and Paul and having some kind of, uh, at least, respect for Jesus and for Paul and for what he was doing. Paul was so used by God that the angelic world itself was aware of his ministry and supernatural empowerment by God uh, through the power of the Lord Jesus. The sons of Sceva, however, have no such power or protection. And so they're attempting to use the name of Jesus as something of like a, a talisman or a, a magic charm, and Paul's authority as their own backfires here. In verse 16, the man in whom the Spirit resided leaped on the seven sons of Sceva and mastered them or uh, lorded it over them. It shows that he overpowered them with his strength. So one man here is now able to take on seven other men through this demonic empowerment, and uh, he overpowers them, overcomes them, and they run for their lives out of that house, uh, the Word of God says, naked and wounded. Now, this term wounded probably means that they were very lucky to escape at all. They may have been uh, very seriously wounded. This is probably not refusing to, uh, uh, referring to like a slap on the wrist or, or even a little light bruising. They were likely very seriously wounded by this demon-possessed man so that they have to uh, flee the house even without their clothing, which he no doubt had just torn from their body, and they are lucky to uh, escape with their lives here. The name of Jesus cannot and should not be used for personal gain or glory. It is far too holy for that. We should be careful to use the name of Jesus with reverence and not uh, lightly. 
It is the name of God's Son, who is the one true Messiah of Israel. The name of Jesus is not a lucky charm. Uh, it's not a talisman. It's, it's not something that's magical uh, in, and, in and of itself. But the person whom the name references is the one who has power and authority. The result of this in verse 17 is that it became known in all of Ephesus among both Jews and Greeks. The name of the Lord Jesus was magnified and the fear fell upon all those who heard it. Now, I think this has fear in a double sense here. They would have been afraid of uh, the story, perhaps, of what was happening, and also uh, a reverence for the name of Jesus Christ that would have grown out of this. The fear of the Lord is a good thing here and leads to the name of Jesus being magnified. Uh, Jesus was being proven greater than the gods of Ephesus. Even demons were being cast out in his name. Now, there's something like a, a revival that takes place in Ephesus as a result of this, so that those who were believers were compelled now to confess their sins and change their habits. They disclosed their practices, probably meaning their old pagan ways of life. In verse 19, many who had practiced magic came and, and brought their scrolls and burned them publicly. This was a very open gesture showing that they were serious about giving their entire lives over to Jesus Christ. Jesus desires followers who are really going to obey them, uh, obey him uh, with their entire lives, with their whole hearts. He does not simply want people to come to faith, profess faith in him, and then go about their business for the rest of their lives doing whatever, whatever they want. He desires allegiance to him in every area of life. We should make a break with our old sinful lifestyles and seek to serve him in every aspect of our lives. Is there an area of your heart that you have not turned over to the Lord Jesus. Today would be a great day to confess that to him, as these believers did in Acts chapter 19, and offer that portion of your life up to the Lord Jesus. Now, the price of all these scrolls, we're told, is 50,000 pieces of silver. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is making such an impact that the very economy of Ephesus is now affected. God can transform society as his faithful witnesses seek to serve him by advancing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're told in verse 20, the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.